What is up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Welcome back. It is hump day. We are halfway there, folks, halfway to the weekend and halfway to what is the final NFL game of the 2023-2024 season with the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that more on Friday with Jeremy Jerome Betts, as we always do when we talk about NFL-type topics. Today, though... I want to dive back into 2023 a little bit, talking about how they won, whether it's sustainable, and whether the changes that are being made might help or hurt that same recipe for success. We'll dive into all that here in a second, but let's get some news out of the way. You've probably heard it if you've listened to other podcasts on our network. That is that Frisman Jackson is out as the wide receivers coach. This was reported by Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I looked it up at the time. So Jerry Dulac wrote an article about it, gave him credit when I sourced it myself, and he obviously heard from inside the facility that Frisman Jackson was out. When I checked the Steelers' official website, Frisman Jackson was still on there as one of the coaches. However, since then, I believe he has been removed, uh, and now they're looking at what is the upheaval. Yes, I'm checking right now as I do this show, and yes, he has been removed uh, and he's not the only coach that was removed. Some some smaller role coaches, we'll call them that, they also were let go or not retained. We're talking about an assistant quarterback coach, a quality control coach. No one that you would ever know even existed unless you're on that page of the Pittsburgh Steelers website looking at the coaching staff and learning all those names. There are some changes happening. Are more changes to come? I don't know. I'm not sure about the offensive side of the ball. You know, a lot of these names, you think if Frisman Jackson is out, then that's probably the extent of the changes that are going to happen unless a guy, coach, decides to leave and find new employment elsewhere. Let's give you an example. Quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan has already been interviewed, didn't get any of the jobs for an offensive coordinator gig, but he might want to go to a place that he might have a better opportunity to rise up the ranks if he wants to be calling plays again. I don't know. That could happen. At the same time, you're looking at uh, Eddie Faulkner still there, uh, Pat Meyer, Alfredo Roberts, Sullivan, like I mentioned, and even Isaac Williams, an assistant offensive line coach. They're all still on the official website. Arthur Smith is there now. He's been It's been updated with his uh, information. The Steelers still run a very small coaching staff that's never changed, probably won't under Mike Tomlin. I don't know if any more changes are upcoming on the coaching staff. I do want to draw your attention, though, to something that I feel should have attention drawn to it, and that is that on our YouTube channel, if you go to YouTube, search Steel Curtain Network, you will find our YouTube channel. Coach Kevin Smith, you heard him on Tuesday at noon with Brian Davis, and he talked about, or he does the Here We Go show with, with Brian. He obviously did some videos for us, and it was the great breakdowns on Arthur Smith. Everyone has just been really interested in Arthur Smith. I did a whole show on Monday with uh, Scott Kennedy, who covers the Atlanta Falcons. He did some great insight as to what happened with Arthur Smith down in Atlanta. This is a great two-part video series by Coach Smith. One was on the running game. One was on the passing game. If you want to learn a little bit about what Arthur Smith likes to do, 
how they might be able to implement some of these things, go check out those videos. I just want to draw some attention to that. Make sure you do it. All right, so let's talk about the topic of discussion today. Did the formula change for the Steelers? So with Arthur Smith, at offensive coordinator, and you can talk about defensively, changes in the roster, getting players back, getting players healthy. It's, it's a big facet here. You have to wonder if the formula for success will change in 2024. And when I say the formula of success, I think the one thing we have to do is identify what was that formula of success in 2023. And then we have to answer the question of, is there going to be any change in that regard? At least as we sit here right now, we know the new league year hasn't started. Free agency hasn't come and gone. And obviously the NFL draft is still a ways away. I'm not necessarily talking though about adding to a roster. I'm talking about the overall approach to winning football games next season. So let's go back, look at 2023. You could probably even trace these same things back to 2022 and we'll break it down offense, defense, and then look at 2024 and see, okay, what might have to change for the Steelers to win at a consistent level. And, you know, it's hard to believe they did win 10 games this past season. A lot of fans will poo poo that say it's not good enough. That's fine. It's your prerogative. They did win 10 games. So offensively, there's four bases that the Steelers always abided by when we're talking about the recipe for success. Don't turn it over was number one. These are not in any particular order. They are all, though, very, very valid. Number one, don't turn it over. Number two, run the football. Number three, limit risk and chances. That's important. And then four is win the time of possession. So let's go back and talk about this quickly. You talk about don't turn it over. Kenny Pickett, and I'm, I'm sure that Mitch Trubisky, although he seems to not care, and I'm sure that Mason Rudolph, even at the end of the season, when he was the starting quarterback, were having hammered in their head repeatedly, don't turn it over. But especially when Matt Canada was calling the plays, you could just tell that the whole premise was safe. Play it safe. Take a sack. Throw it away. Do whatever, but don't turn it over. That's been the MO since the bye week of 2022. Think about what happened leading up to that bye week. We're talking about the interceptions against Miami and rookie in Kenny Pickett's rookie season. We're talking about different situations where you you had the, the interceptions against Philly. Buffalo was rough. They came out of that bye week and said, don't turn it over. So I think a lot of us, myself included, thought that in 2023, they were going to kind of let him go a little bit. Let's uh let's let's extend that leash, that retractable leash. Let's give him a little slack. They didn't. Not in that regard. Now, the second part, run the ball. That's always been the Steelers' MO. They always want to establish the run. And they got to see a dynamic approach in 2023 with the Jalen Warren was always around, but he actually he stepped up his game in a big way. He looked good. That one-two punch of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren certainly noteworthy. Limit the risk and the chances. This was something like I, I talked about that retractable leash. This would fall into that category. They never really had Kenny Pickett thinking about taking those chances. It was always taking the safe throw. Take the safe throw. Take the safe throw. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. Don't turn it over. I'm not, I'm not saying anything like I'm privy to any information. My gosh, you could just tell by watching the games that this is what was being hammered into his brain. 
He dropped back to pass and he would hesitate. Wouldn't trust his reads. We all saw it. And the, one of the reasons why you could see it was more so based on of what happened at the end. We'll talk about that. And then lastly, win the time of possession. They want to grind it out. They want to grind out those first downs, have those long time consuming drives, all of it. That's what they want. They want that. So that's what the offense looked like in 2023. That was their recipe for success. It got them 10 wins. It got them to the postseason, but that was it. Let's go to defense. Four pillars again. Bend, don't break. The bend, but don't break defense. Second, good red zone defense. You have to have a good red zone defense if you're going to be a bend, don't break unit. Lastly, you want to be, or third, sorry, not lastly. Third, you, you're got to, you have to be opportunistic. You have to take the football away. And last, lean on your elite players. So let's talk about this just like we did the offense. The bend, don't break style, they're going to give up a lot of yards, but they're not going to give up a lot of points. That actually came to fruition. That recipe for success was still very valid. It frustrated fans to no end to watch the defense giving up yards and yards and yards and not winning the time of possession battle because the opposition was constantly moving the ball, but they held a lot of teams to field goals and they took the ball away. They had a, they had a good red zone defense. They were also very opportunistic. The Steelers were very opportunistic. They took the ball away in different and unique ways when you're talking about TJ Watt strip sacks, uh, Nick Herbig strip sack in Seattle comes to mind at uh, the week two game against Cleveland and on Monday night football, when Watt and Highsmith Highsmith with a strip sack, Watt picks it up and scores a touchdown himself. They had those type of plays, especially early on in the season kind of dwindled towards the end, but ultimately I would say that they could be labeled as a very opportunistic defense. And then lastly, lean on your elite players. My gosh, that's all they ever do. They rely on TJ Watt to come up with a big time play at a big time moment. Think about the Los Angeles Rams game, third quarter, the Matthew Stafford led offense takes the field. They are driving and what happens interception by TJ Watt returns it down inside the 10. They end up scoring a touchdown. That's what they, they bank on that. They bank on these players making big time plays and big time moments. That was the recipe for success in 2023, both offense and defense. So now we have to say, what about next year? What about in 2024? Does there need to be a change? So let's go over these one at a time. Let's go back to offense. Don't turn it over. No, there's no change there. There is no change there. Do not turn the football over. That should always be the number one priority for the Steelers. And I'm sure most NFL teams say the exact same thing. Don't turn it over. The next, run the ball. No. When you have Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and you have an offensive line that while there probably will be some turnover on that line, they, they certainly started to find their way towards the end of the season, so no change there either. Limit the risk and the chances. This is what needs to change, in my opinion. You can say to the quarterback, whoever that is, look, we don't want to become absolutely just pa like pass happy to the point where we're going to be turning it over at, at, a, at a really high rate. You don't want that but you do have to take more risks. And this is when I saw more so by Kenny Pickett not being in the lineup, how almost paralyzed Kenny Pickett was when he was in the lineup. When you saw Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph would come down and he would, he would take those shots. He would give those 50-50 balls to George Pickens. They give him a chance. And that's something we actually did see from Kenny Pickett in his rookie year, but we didn't see it in his second season. Really strange stuff. Not going to call it a regression for Kenny Pickett, but I, it was noticeable for me 
the fact that when Mason Rudolph took over, and yes, Matt Canada was gone. That's a very important factor here. Canada's gone. I'm sure that Faulkner and Sullivan are saying, when we have this look, we want to give our guy a shot. And they took those chances, and a lot of times they panned out for the Steelers. So you want to see them next year taking more chances, giving their players an opportunity to succeed. Mason Rudolph did it. If he's the quarterback again, he's proven he already can do it. If it's Kenny Pickett, he's going to have to show that he is capable and willing to take those risks. When the time of possession, I think that's always going to be their MO as well. And so that doesn't change. So on offense, you may listen to what I'm saying and say, I hate this philosophy. This is what it's going to be. And we'll get to that at the end here. Defensively, Ben, don't break. I would love to see the Steelers be a little bit more dominant in between the 20s, uh, create more three and outs, be a beast, more stout against the run, not just give up a lot of yards. I know yards are meaningless. I've always gauged defensive success on points allowed. But in this case, I'd love to see them be more dominant on an every day and every down in and down out basis and not so much just in the red zone. But good red zone defense, you still have to have that. You're going to have turnovers. You're going to have something like a crazy punt return. It's going to get someone down in scoring range already. You have to be able to shut the door, hold them to three instead of seven. Be opportunistic. That cannot change. They still have to be an opportunistic defense. So when you're talking about someone like Joey Porter Jr., I love Joey Porter Jr. I think JPJ is going to be freaking phenomenal. He's he's just not known for getting his hands on the football, though. He did have an interception of Lamar Jackson this past season, but he's just he's just not that type of guy yet. Yet. I'm not saying ever. Yet. But they still have to remain opportunistic. Lastly, lean on the elite players was the recipe for success. I don't ever want to tell elite players to not go out and make plays, but I just don't want them to have to carry the weight all the time. This goes back to the first thing I mentioned on the defense is if they were a little bit more dominant on a regular down in and down out basis, then you might not need TJ Watt to rescue the team and save the day. Like he has so many times, he might be able to take his cape off once in a while and just be a really, really good pass rusher and not feel that weight of, I need to make a play or else we're going to lose. And I'm sure that's a burden that he does feel from time to time. So when you look at all of this on defense, you want to be more dominant. You don't want to just rely on bend, don't break. You still want to be opportunistic. And you want to have those elite players being able to make plays without the feeling like they have to or they're going to lose. So the one thing to kind of go back to what I mentioned after the offense in 2024, there's a lot of people that might hate that philosophy. But no matter what, this comes down to the head coach. This is what Mike Tomlin wants. This is the way he wants to win. Why did they only interview three people and hire one of those three in Arthur Smith? Because Arthur Smith is going to do what Mike Tomlin wants. He wants to run the game. He wants he wants the running game to be dominant. He wants to be physical. He wants to dominate the line of scrimmage. We'll figure out the passing game after we accomplish those two things. You may say, Jeff, that is 1990s ball. That doesn't work in 2024. I may agree with you, but that's why Mike Tomlin is the way that he is, and that's why that's what he wants. This is how he wants to win. This is his recipe, his formula. So that's why it hasn't changed much because you have to realize, well, there's a new offensive coordinator. There's the same head coach. So Mike Tomlin, I'm not against this formula. 
I said it last season. I'll say it again. I think that it can be sustainable, but you do need to have the defense that doesn't rely on the turnovers. And you do have to have an offense that's capable of big plays. And right now they don't necessarily have that. So those things need to change. But the formula for success in 2024, there it is. There it is. I hope I'm wrong on offense. I hope they're a big play unit scoring a bunch of points like 2019, 2020 Titans. I hope that the defense uh, gets healthy, shows a little bit more dominance in all facets. That would be fantastic. That would be absolutely fantastic. We shall see. I'll tell you what's coming up in the second half, though, is the mailbag segment. I'm excited for this. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. fans welcome back it is time for the second half of the podcast which means it's time for the mailbag segment in case you don't know every tuesday i put out i put out a tweet and you answer the you respond to the question and i answer them live here on wednesday in case you don't know where to find me go to twitter x at j hartman h-a-r-t-m-a-n underscore p-i-t i use the toby keith gif we'll talk about him uh who passed away on wednesday morning i'm sorry tuesday morning he passed away tuesday morning so we'll get to that. I know someone asked a couple questions about it. So let's get to Mark Bergen. Mark Bergen starts, uh, he he is the Believe in Steelers podcast with Ike Taylor. Make sure you check him out. He asked, which Steelers player, past included, would make up the fastest 4 by 100 meter relay team? Okay. Now, Mark, I did see, I didn't see your list, but I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw that you had done this. I didn't look. I made sure I didn't look. So the first person I'm going to have on there is Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson was... And he's a track star and he almost went to the Olympics. So I'm going to have him on my four by one. I'm going to have Mel Blunt on my four by one. I think Mel Blunt probably is a lot faster than people give him credit for. I'm going to have fast Willie Parker. And man, now there's, I'm going to have to go with a modern day player, but I'm going to go with Calvin Austin. The third, if I'm going to substitute someone, I would take Ike Taylor and put him in for Blunt. I think that's a pretty solid four by 100 meter relay team. I really do. There you go, Mark. I'll have to cross-reference my my list with yours. Next, let's go to Believers. He said, Hot Rider Die Crew Poll of the Week. Who benefits from the Smith hire at OC the most? The options were Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, Connor Hayward, or George Pickens. I voted for Najee Harris, and a lot of people were with me, but some people did vote for Kenny Pickett. There you go. Tom East said, Hi, Jeff. Hope I didn't miss the cutoff. You didn't. In my honest opinion, the Pat Meyer blocking scheme does not work at this level. When the Steelers went to trap plays and pulling guard slash tackle, the runs were there. Do you think they hire someone to facilitate this type of hard-nosed running? No, not necessarily, but there could have been a situation. Let's not kid ourselves here. There could have been a situation where the Steelers, they know who they're going to hire. It's Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith might say, listen, Pat, if you're going to stay here, you're going to coach the offensive line the way I want you to coach them. I'm not, this isn't Pat Meyer's system. This is Arthur Smith's system, and you either coach it the way I want you to coach it, or we're going to find someone else. A lot of times, people will say, you got it. You got it. Let's switch it up. Let's switch it up. So I'm not about to say that Pat Meyer, his blocking scheme is different, but at the same time, if, if he's a good coach, he can coach multiple methodologies. Keep that in mind. 
Steeler fan 69. He said, great job you did on Monday. Thank you. Steeler fan 69. He's talking about my interview with, uh, Scott Kennedy covered the Falcons uh, on Monday, the Monday morning conversation. If you missed it, go back, check it out. He always does jokes, so here we go. What do you call a statue that likes mouthwash? A gargoyle. (laughs) That's pretty good. What do you call a nun that sleepwalks? A roaming Catholic. He said, hopefully if it doesn't doesn't become a habit. (laughs) People ask me how I keep track of all my jokes. I tell them I use a dad, a base. All right, Steeler fan 69. Thank you very much. Always good for a laugh. I do appreciate it. Next, let's go to Doc M, Southside Doc. He said, quote, is, is the quote Steeler way outdated or unachievable in the modern NFL? Is it reasonable for a fan to expect current and future players to live up to the cultural expectations? Would it bring another championship? Go back two weeks. Go back two weeks. My Monday morning conversation with Tim Benz. We kind of talked about the Steeler way. Like, what does that even mean? The Steeler way. Everyone talks about the Steeler way. In my opinion, and it's just my opinion, the Steeler way is just winning. It's just winning. Yeah, they might do things their own unique way in terms of we're not going to negotiate contracts once the season starts. We're we're going to definitely believe in continuity and we're going to try and keep the coaching staff together and we want to keep our drafted players. Sure, they they want to build their roster that way, but the culture, the winning, that's the Steeler way. So is that outdated? No. Is it unachievable? Hell no, it's not. Look at what the Chiefs are doing. They definitely can still get that Steeler way culture. When things are going well, what did you notice last year? Everyone's happy. Oh, everyone's happy. George Pickens didn't get a target, but he's okay with it. Why? The Steelers won. They were winning. They got to the playoffs. See a correlation here, people? I understand that we all want to cling to these slogans. The standard is the standard. The Steelers way. But ultimately, what it comes down to is winning football games. And now it's winning them when they matter most. All right, let's go to Chris Ryan. He said, tonight, we lift up our red solo cups to the great one. He's talking about Toby Keith. I said I used a Toby Keith gif. The How do you like me now video gif? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it sucks. You know, I mean... My wife and I were talking, we saw Toby Keith when we were in college uh, down in Bristow, Virginia. And um, he put on a great show and he was an entertainer and he was awesome. And I liked his music. I hadn't listened to a lot of his newer stuff, but back in the early 2000s, man, I loved listening to that stuff. I, I loved Toby Keith and his music. And um, yeah, it, it's, it just sucks. It sucks when, you know, I, I talked about Jimmy Buffett passing away. That really, really hurt, crushed me. Still does hurt to this day. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Toby Keith, rest in peace, Toby Keith, uh, former football player, collegiate football player turned musician, definitely made a career out of it. Uh, we lift those red solo cups to you, Toby, uh, RIP. Let's go to Brian Haynes. He said, of of all the rumored coaching edition possibilities, what two would you like most to add? I don't even know what rumors people are talking about. My mom sends me a, a screenshot from Facebook that says that Heinz Ward is expected to come back. That's not true. That is literally just people that are fans saying they'd love to have Heinz Ward back. And someone takes it as, holy cow, Heinz Ward is coming back. Could he come back? Yes. Is there Are there real legitimate rumors? Not that I've heard. So I don't know what rumors you're talking about. So I really can't uh, comment on that if I'm being completely honest. Let's go to the next one from Brian. You get the first pick in the draft. No strings. Who do you take? The first overall pick? In this draft, I don't even know. 
I don't even know. I'm just learning. I mean, yeah, I know about some of the quarterbacks. Um, I know about Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I honestly don't know yet. I'm just getting into that. A little bit of a teaser. Next week's Monday morning conversation is going to be all about some of those prospects. So t- stay tuned. Next from Brian. Would you as the GM entertain the comeback of Le'Veon Bell? I had some people sending me texts like, Jeff, what do you think about this? Like Le'Veon Bell back to the Steelers? Because that's supposedly what he said on Snapchat. Uh, I don't check Snapchat or have Snapchat, but I trust that people like Adam Schefter are not going to make stuff up about it. Here's what I think about Le'Veon Bell. Hey, Le'Veon, if you want to come back, we'd more. I'd be more than happy to have you back on a future reserves contract. <laughs> if you think you're getting a multi-year deal after you haven't played since, what, 2021? You're probably in great shape, but you're not in football shape. You're in boxing shape, and that's a little different. So, hey, you want to come back? You want to be RB3? We would love to have you in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I personally would be fine with Le'Veon Bell coming back. I'm not about to say, you know, oh, man, he burnt the bridges. I I won't have him back. Forget that. Forget that. If he wants to come back and prove himself, let him prove himself. I don't think it's going to happen, but still. Brian Haynes also asked, on a scale from 1 to 10, how sad were you to learn of Toby Key's passing? On a scale from 1 to 10, I'd probably say... It was probably a five. It was probably a five. Okay, let's continue this fun mailbag segment with uh, Tank. Let's go with Steelers Tank. He said, with the Steelers' new offensive coordinator, do you think they draft power running tackle center in the first round or defensive line that Captain Cam can mold and teach? I think they are going to address both both sides of the trenches. I think offensive line is where they're going to look in the first round, though. I definitely do. Tank asked more than one. He said, next, with there being no reason for a Steelers preview, are we getting the after party back? Uh, This week on the preview, we'll be talking probably about the Super Bowl, previewing that a little bit. Uh, Maybe we will get into some after party stuff. We'll see. Next one from Tank, with the Super Bowl coming up, what is our Super Bowl party grab snack? The Super Bowl party grab snack. Well, I, I think this year we're doing permani sandwiches here. No, we're not getting permani. We're going to make them. So we'll have our coleslaw. We'll have our our meats. We'll have the French fries. The, my wife makes her own bread. It'll be awesome. So that's what we're going to do this year. We're going to have some permanis, homemade permani sandwiches. How about that? Let's go to Easy Pickens. Jeff asked us a few weeks back, and you were torn. Asking again to see if a few weeks later you lean one way. Would you rather get the franchise quarterback and trade assets, multiple firsts, seconds, and a good player, or can this team win a championship with what we have and a stopgap? I'm, I've, okay, I did hit my round about it, gave a Dave Schofield answer. I will say now that I do not want to trade multiple ones, twos, and a good player for a franchise quarterback. That's way too much. If you say one first-round pick and a couple late-round selections, maybe I entertain it but not multiple ones. There you go. Answer the question. Let's go with Ryan Carter. It's been a while and I always miss the mailbag. I'm going to be more diligent in the future. Thank you, Ryan. Do you think the Steelers are paying too little of attention to the inside linebacker position? It's been tough watching the Steelers defense look like Swiss cheese against slant routes. Yeah, it, it, this, this position to me, inside linebacker, since 2017, when... Ryan Shazier went down with an injury, has been struggling, has been struggling mightily. And to be honest with you, 
This this inside linebacker position needs to be addressed one way or the other. Everyone says bring back Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander. Well, first and foremost, Quan Alexander is a free agent, and he just ruptured his Achilles tendon, and he's not a spring chicken anymore. Well, I'll just bring back Miles Jack. No, thank you. He wants to come back. Sure, I'm not banking on him being that guy. Hell, Mike Tomlin even made it sound like Cole Holcomb was not 100% guaranteed to be ready to go for 2024. That leaves Mark Robinson and Alandon Roberts. Tell me why I should be happy or comfortable in that situation. They need to address it. I'm with you, Ryan, 100%. Let's go to James. Rest in peace to such a legend in Toby Keith. Considering your rise and popularity with Oklahoma Joes, let's pump the brakes on that right away. So for those that are listening and don't follow me on Twitter or don't follow our, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, I do my Steelers grilling thoughts. I do it as a YouTube short. I put them on Twitter as well. And it's just me giving my thoughts and opinions about the Steelers on that day when I'm about to grill. And Oklahoma Joes, they, they will respond every now and then. I know they're seeing it. They only have like 2,000 followers. Oh my gosh, just give me an opportunity to help. I, I said it in a GIF last time. Help me help you. They don't listen, but I know they see it. Let's continue. He said, uh, can there be a sponsored Steel Curtain Network barbecue contest in the future? Maybe even get some Steelers to attend if possible. Looking forward to more grilling thoughts with warm weather coming. That would be awesome. Oklahoma Joe's, do your thing. Let's make it happen. In the warmer weather, I'm here for it. Let's go to Bob Rayberg. The first outside free agent the Steelers need to sign is Terrell Edmonds. He's cheap, familiar with the system, effective in getting Minka back in the proper role. Steelers never should have let him get away. What do you think? I agree. I agree. People love to bash Terrell Edmonds, but when he was gone and Minka Fitzpatrick had to play that role, you saw what happened. Get Terrell back. You still have KZ as insurance. You get Minka back there doing Minka things, and all is right with the world. I agree 100%. Let's go to Eric. Hey, Jeff, love the show. Hashtag ride or die crew. How many years do you believe the Steelers are away from competing to a Super Bowl? Two. Two, but they have to figure out the quarterback position, and that's a big, big question mark. Let's go to Brian Katz, bagels and bong rips. Is TJ the only elite player on the Steelers? Hmm, that's a good question. Is TJ the only elite player on the Steelers? Elite, elite, the top of the top, the best of the best. Elite? Yes, <laughs> he is. Uh, Minka's just a, coming off that injury plague season. He'd be the only other guy I would have even close to that category um, uh, on the team, if I'm being honest. Last question here from Tom Muir, longtime listener. First time asking a question. Holy cow, Tom Muir from YouTube came over to the audio side. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Following on Twitter, I appreciate all that. How would he impact the work ethics? Oh, I'm sorry. What do you think of the Heinz Ward rumors? How would he impact the work ethic of DJ and George Pickens? I also use an Oklahoma Joe smoker and grill. Roll some smoke, ride or die crew. All right. Awesome that you use the same type of grill. It's a great grill. I love those grills. And it's a great smoker as well. It's a very versatile tool if you know how to use it. The Heinz Ward rumors. You know, I mean, Heinz Ward, I, I don't know what he what he's going to bring as a coach that Frisman Jackson did, didn't do, I guess is another way of putting it. You know, I, I don't know. I'm fine if Heinz Ward comes back. Heinz Ward's going to coach this team the way he played, and I think sometimes that's what they need. But I'm just not sure if this is a guy that would be the the next coach to take them, that offensive wide receiver group, to the next level. I don't know. I really don't know. But I do know this. This mailbag's been awesome. 
I appreciate everyone for chiming in. I appreciate everyone for listening. On Friday, we're going to talk Super Bowl with Jeremy Jerome Betts. I'm going to have my own take on whatever's happening with the Steelers, so make sure you check it out. Make sure you check out SteelCurtainNetwork.com and all of our podcasts. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You name it, search Steel Network. You'll find us. Uh, there you go. That's it. That's a wrap. We're halfway there. I will see you all on Friday. You know how we finish out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Hey, Steelers, we'll talk.